LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am Matt Love. William Matthew Love is my full name. I don't know wow, if I ever said that. I did not know that, I Bill. go by my middle name. It's very confusing for, for people. I've had some, some issues with it in the past. But I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer, who has all of his initials right there in his name. It's easy to, <laughs> easy to keep track of. This is Ask Me Anything. And J.D., the question today, are the morals of the Bible culturally regressive? Yeah, Matt, you know, this is a question I get a lot on on college campuses in particular because people feel like, well, look at these things and look at the sexual mores and it's so prudish. And you, you hear the phrase a lot uh, on the wrong side of history. Yeah. And Christians were on the wrong side of history and you're going to be on the wrong side of history. The first thing I always think is helpful in this conversation is make sure you get a little bit of historical context and humility, which means that just because the Bible offends you now doesn't mean you're right and the Bible is wrong. One of the things you see historically is that the Bible has offended every culture just in different ways and in different places. I'll give you an example. I lived overseas in um, uh, in a Muslim country, and when you read them the stuff about you know the uh, why adultery is bad and why homosexuality is wrong, I mean they're just nodding their head. They don't have the slightest offense at that. You get to the part about how God forgives adulterers. I mean, this look kind of comes in their face and how we should forgive adulterers. They're like, no, because that would just unravel. It would challenge the very nature of family, and they're offended by it. Now, you know, we Americans are, are, are reverse on that. We're offended because we can't, you know, express ourselves sexually, and who, who, how dare God say anything back to us about that? But the part about forgiveness, well, we just sort of accept that. Um, the Bible's an equal opportunity offender. In fact, if the Bible did not offend Western culture, that would be a really good indication that it's not from God. It would be more of a reflection of us. I sometimes like to ask people, like, do you really feel like, think back a hundred years, Matt. I know you weren't, you know, alive then, but think about your grandparents or your great grandparents and think about some of the crazy things they believed a hundred years ago, right? And you're like, they were good people, but how could they have believed that? (laughs) And I want to say, do you really feel like a hundred years from now, your great grandchildren are going to look back on you and say, man, Great-grandpappy Matt, he really was advanced. That was the pinnacle. He, he had everything right. How was he? <laughs> no, we're, they're going to look back 100 years from now at how backwards we are. So I just want to approach this with a little humility. Mm. I, I kind of feel like, I don't want to belabor this, but I kind of feel like um, you know, people will look back at us one day and say, so you thought, your society thought that you could define your gender and your sexuality just by looking inside? Like you just would, would, would throw off biology and say... Just look inside or they'll look at how we, we we made justifications for being able to terminate a baby in the womb. And they'll say, well, you didn't recognize that was a human life. Yeah. It, I, you know, again, I don't want to get bogged down in those issues, but uh, the idea that we just respond to what's inside of us. If a Viking in 1100 had gone out and killed somebody because that guy insulted his family and said, well, that's just what was inside of me. And, and it just, that was what felt right to me. We'd say, no, deny what's inside of you. That feeling of vengeance and hate is not from, you know, certainly not from God. Um, why would we then turn around and say that all of our impulses to whatever we want to do, that those things are right. So I just want to say, let's have a little humility and say, maybe, if there's a God who is speaking, he is going to offend us, right? And let's <laughs> yes. let, let's start there. But getting real more into the heart of the question, um, I hope you won't hear this as a dodge or a caveat, but I think another thing to realize is that the Bible has been behind the greatest moral revolutions in the mm. world. Um, go back and look at it, whether we're talking the end of slavery, 
Um, one of the best works on uh, slavery is by an African-American named Thomas Sowell. And it's a three-volume work. And what he points out is that um, slavery was endemic to pretty much any culture, any major culture that has existed in the world. Um, even going back three, 400 years ago, it was, uh, it was active um, in Africa by Africans to Africans. It was active in Asia. It was, um, you know, one of the worst places it was, was in the Arab culture. Um, it was active in China. It was active in the European um, thing. So it was just, it's just part of human nature that we use our power to subjugate those who are less powerful. He said, however, the only culture, the only cultures that have ever you know, reformed slavery from within, that it didn't come from like an army taking you over, that, 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 that formed from within have been cultures that were deeply influenced by Christianity. And that's where you see all this guilt literature and all these internal reformations, whether we're talking William Wilberforce or John Wesley, yep. um, even the abolitionist movement here and Dr. Martin Luther King in the United States. These are things that, that Christianity has produced. If you're looking at uh, uh, the end of apartheid in South Africa, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and he was an outspoken Christian, as well as Nelson Mandela. Um, they opposed these practices based on the Bible's principles. Um, prison reform um, today, the rights of women, those were led not only by Christians, but by Christians who cited Christian teaching hmm. as the inspiration for their reforms. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, no way, go back and read them. Yeah. You'll find the Bible saturates these things as the reason why they are so passionate about reform. Um, you know, the, the church is still, get this, this, is still the number one provider of healthcare around the world. Wow. Is, is, is the church. You said, what about atheists? I know a lot of atheists who don't believe in God and all, which is the definition of an atheist. <laughs> and, they're, um, and they're doing a lot of good in the world. And I'm not denying that. Uh, you know, they, they are. But I love, uh, there's a guy named Dr. Charles Matthews. I was listening to a lecture um, he was giving. He's up at, at the University of Virginia. And he said that most atheists today who have moral objections to Christianity, don't realize that their objections they learn from Christianity. Like they're they're, they're Christian atheists. Hmm. The basis for their objections came from teachings that have been shaped by a Christian worldview. Friedrich Nietzsche, who is my own personal favorite atheist, I mean, he acknowledged that. He said, my moral objections to Christianity ultimately came from the principles I learned from Christianity. Um, this uh, Charles Matthews says, atheists today aren't like they were a thousand years ago. They're Christian atheists. Hmm. So let's just, you know, again, kind of take a step back and say, whether we, we rewind the clock 2,000 years ago, we're going to see that almost all of the reforms that we champion today have been instigated by people that are applying the gospel into these public spheres, which leads me to the last and I think really important kind of thing to think about here is that um, you got to understand the nature of progressive revelation, that from Old Testament to New Testament, rather than legislating the perfect society and handing it to us, God planted seeds into society that would ultimately undo the injustice from within. Now, we can speculate as to why he did that. Maybe had he given it simply in the forms of laws that we were supposed to go enforce all over the world, that Christianity would have turned into a political revolution and we would have lost the essence of, of it, which is man needing to be restored to God. Yeah. And that's something that can be forced from the outside. But regardless, um, Christianity and and, and Jewish teaching going with the Old Testament um, undoes undoes injustice from inside. For example, when you're talking about polygamy, and when you're talking about uh, is it called primogenitor, where you yep. the the preferential treatment of the firstborn. Yes. Every time you find polygamy and primogenitor in the first books of the Bible, 
it always ends badly. <laughs> you think about it. God always chooses the second born to be the one that he passes yeah. the promise through. Um, uh, polygamy always, you know, ends up in a disaster. Yeah. And so those things were a part of those original cultures. God could have just said, cut it out. But instead he, he undoes it from within the gospel. When it, when, when Jesus brings the gospel and the apostles, there were lots of political problems that Paul could have talked about and, you know, called for change in. But what Paul did is he undid the very nature of the pride and the prejudice that created institutions like slavery and oppression. So when he writes, for example, to Philemon telling him to let Onesimus go, he is, is, is not a political manifesto as much as it is just saying, hey, you guys are brothers. How can you look across the table at somebody that you are keeping as a slave and, and call that your brother? Um, the, the phrase at the end, greeting one another with, with a holy kiss um, at the end of some of Paul's letters, that's, a, that's equality. The, the gospel is the greatest equalizing force in the world. Um, it teaches that in Christ, there's neither Jew or Greek, slave or free. Um, is there's neither male nor female that we're all one in Christ Jesus. And, and, and that's God's way of doing it. So we understand that there is a progressive nature to revelation. Now don't confuse us. I'm not trying to say that in the new Testament that we evolve in various ways with, you know, how we understand sexuality, what the apostles teach is, those are fixed yeah, things yes. now. But what we saw is that God did not drop it off all for once in the book of Genesis. When it comes to political systems or sexism or that kind of stuff, he put the seeds in the gospel that we would apply in the marketplace, and that's what would produce the fair and just society. And that's what you see, is you see when people have applied the gospel into the public square, that's what's led to moral reform and the best revolutions and ultimately a more just and equitable society for everybody. J.D., that's super helpful. Well, you already know what I'm going to say. Uh, if you want to hear more from Pastor J.D., you can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I don't want to hear more from Pastor J.D. <laughs> <laughs> we assume you like this podcast. If you do, rate it, review it, send your favorite question to a friend. If they've ever asked you that question, send it to them. If you just think it was interesting or you want to make fun of something that we said, send it to a friend. We're fine with all of those. And if you just want to hear more from Pastor J.D. and you're like, man, these 10-minute podcasts are great, it's just not enough. I need more. I need more time. Summit Life with Pastor JD. It's a it's a daily 25-minute program. He shares biblical truths in a longer format. It's on the radio, hundreds of radio stations. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, likely you would like to listen to that as a podcast as well, which you can absolutely do on the very same platform that you're currently listening to. So go check that out, Summit Life with Pastor JD. And you can also find all this stuff at jdgrew.com. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.